This is Flipping the Script Podcast, the soon-to-be number one leadership podcast for purpose-driven leaders and great guest experts who give us a unique insight into what leadership looks like behind the scenes. I'm Shalia Stafford, your host, and I'm committed to helping you lead your challenges using leadership strategies to gain new perspectives, fuel your growth, and transform the way you execute on your success. Hello everyone, it's Shalia here. Being a conscious healthy parent is a challenge of a lifetime. It's gonna ebb and flow, and the goal is to reduce the impact of the trauma, the triggers, the negative emotions and belief systems that create behaviors and actions that don't serve the mission, the vision of the story that you are creating. And sometimes it's easier to do and to dance with this idea when things are falling into place or when there's a bit more of a routine, but as life tends to happen, it's complex and it doesn't always work the way we want it to work all the time. And we, as human beings, are not capable of always functioning from a place of a constructive and healthy foundation, especially those of us who are breaking the cycle and are unlearning behaviors, thought patterns, belief systems that don't serve our growth and don't allow us the tools to provide our kids a different operating system. And in order for us to be in this place where we can reduce the impacts from the cycle that we come from, from the traumas, the triggers, the challenges, the limited beliefs that we've experienced. We have to make sure that we are constantly attuning to ourselves, making sure that we are understanding what it is that we need and how to express that. And in moments of life where it presents itself, where you can take some time to decompress and unwind, to do so and to not allow too much time in between to happen because regulating does require an attunement with ourselves. And sometimes even if you are trying all those things, the way the cycle works, it's it's always going to have some sort of impact. We can't avoid it, but we can try to reduce it and we can try to repair and attune to whatever issue may come from it. And that in my book is perfection. Not saying the right thing or doing the right thing every time. It's messing up and knowing what to do and having that right gauge, that compass that tells us where to go. Okay, long story short, I messed up. Kinda, sort of. It was hard for me to practice this. And I wanna set the stage as to why. I had an influx of a bunch of different priorities from work that were overdue, one of which required me to push myself to the limit. And it was a quick project with a quick turnaround. And on top of that, I had other things spinning. And so because of that, it required a lot of my attention and focus and kind of broke the routine that we have in the house. I am very big on the sacredness of our dinner time and meeting our kids after school and taking what little time we can, quote unquote, control to attune to our kids and be there and making it intentional. Well, my husband was taking on that role recently to allow me more time to focus on these big projects. And while my oldest has more awareness of work requirements and our patterns, our little one who is only eight years old struggles with this, and rightfully so. And he needed some time in connection with mom. And I needed nothing more than to lock myself up in the office and work. But the reason that I'm sharing this is because I want to share what it looks like from my perspective to be in a place where I'm feeling triggered 
and I'm dysregulated and I use some strategies that were not constructive, but they came from a place where I didn't have the capacity to be all the things that I wanted to, but I tried to reduce the impact. And I want to share this experience with you guys because I think it's important that you see the full spectrum of what the cost is to break the cycle. And there's always going to be a cost and there's always going to be challenges. Reducing those impacts is part of the challenge. And this is what it looked like for me. The night before, I had a conversation with my husband about the overwhelm that I was experiencing and just needing some time to focus on my work and not have any other responsibilities because of the extreme deadlines that I was facing. And because most of the time we're usually intentional with our schedule or as intentional as we could be, I feel that there is room for me to move in this direction from time to time where it's needed and not feel so guilty about it. Easier said than done. So my husband had offered to take everything off my plate to allow me to barricade myself in the office. And you have to understand, at this point, I was catastrophizing everything. I was in a state of anxiety where I wasn't present in the moment. I was continuously thinking about the next day, the next set of events that had to occur, cooking dinner, getting the kids to school, bedtime. And it already felt like a disaster. The week hadn't even begun and it was already a disaster in my mind. I hadn't even started the day. Just referencing where I was in my head to give you an idea. But I felt like I had a plan nonetheless. I felt like if I could focus with no distractions on this weekend, then I could catch up and then we would be over this little bump in the road and they sometimes come. But I had very little sleep the days prior to. I was in sleep deprivation. I hadn't worked out over a week because I was still healing from pushing myself too hard in the gym. And my body was incredibly sore. I had bags under my eyes from the lack of sleep, which is enough to make anyone upset, okay? And feeling like I was pleading with everyone to understand that I just needed some time to focus felt draining. But nonetheless, I started the morning optimistic that I was going to have some time and that we were going to get whatever needed to be done, done. And I wanted to connect with my little one before I went and barricaded myself in the office. I go into his room and it turns out he needed way more than what I thought. And I realized I was fully incapable, or at least I felt so in that moment, from giving him what he needed. What I thought was going to be a quick five-minute connection in his room turned out to be a full hour. And remember, I was time blocking on this day. So it already felt like I had already lost the day because I was already in that frame of mind. But he unloaded on me and he had a lot to share that in the moment I didn't feel that I was fully capable of holding in a self-aware, constructive, mature, any type of good thing type of way. I want to add a quick note that it's not always about staying just for the sake of staying and holding space. Ultimately, you have to know where you stand with the internal pressure that you're feeling and the dysregulation. And sometimes the very best, most healthy, conscious, mature thing you can do for the sake of whoever you are holding space for is to remove yourself and to create some healthy space until you have the ability to regulate and hold that space without saying things that might hurt the other person 
In this particular scenario for me, I've been working on this training ground for a while and I was in a state of practice where I knew consciously that I wasn't going to come out of it entirely constructive, but I also knew that I could remove myself from that situation if I felt that I wasn't capable of doing so. There isn't a right way, just a constructive conscious way that reduces impact. He began to explain to me that he felt like we didn't have enough vacations this summer, which, you know, can you blame the kid? Who does? And that he felt that I was constantly working. And even though his perception of the previous few days had become the entirety of the situation of our entire existence, it was, it felt true to him. His experience was, I'm missing mom and you're always working and I haven't connected with you. And the tears came on and it was heavy for him. He was sharing some very big feelings about me not spending enough time with him, us not doing enough things, and him not being sure of what he's supposed to do with his day without me spending the weekend with him. My logical brain wanted to reason with him and my trauma brain wanted him to just understand me. The trauma in me wanted to tell him to just have some sympathy for how hard it is for me. And maybe perhaps if he was a little bit more grateful, he would understand that his experience on a weekend is a world of different than mine was at his age. And then maybe perhaps if he had that perspective, he could understand me. But I know that's not what he needed. And to be honest, I was tiptoeing at the words coming out of my mouth. And I did. I did jump in and I said, look, it's hard for mommy. If I could, I would spend all my time with you. And I just wanted to explain that if the world worked in the way he wanted, if it was that easy, I would give it to him. But I knew immediately once I started playing with those words that I realized that what I was doing was I was asking him to turn his experience of sharing and needing space to unravel his feelings was going to turn into my pity party. But holding space for him to be understood in that moment felt like war. It felt like the walls were being breached and arrows were flying left and right and the fortress was burning. And I had to hold still. Not only did I have to hold still, but because I was in a very vulnerable state, I had less capacity to be emotionally regulated in that moment. My logical brain wasn't there. And so... When he said these things like, I'm not spending enough time with him and he feels he needs me more, my logical brain, if I was in a regulated state, would understand, okay, he just wants to spend a few more moments with me. Let's make something intentional with him. That's reasonable for him to want. But no, my brain was coming from a triggered state and one of my buttons that really get me in that spiraling stage is feeling like I'm not enough for my kids, that I'm never going to amount to the mother that they need. And this moment was perfect for my brain to say, aha, you see, I was right. Confirmation bias coming in. I'm not enough. But again, hold, 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 hold is what I kept telling myself. Hold. I had to give my son an opportunity to unravel these big feelings, to know that he had a space to share these things with me and that I wasn't going to lecture him in understanding something that is beyond his ability to understand. I wasn't going to try to make it right. He just needed 
to feel me holding space for him to listen and to understand what his experience was, even though it felt like going to war in that moment. To some degree, my body language was showing what I was feeling. I I could tell that I was stiff and I had to work at breaking those parts down on, on from me as it was happening. And for an hour, I listened to him tell me everything that hurts me, but was hurting him more. And so after I gave him the time and the space that he needed, it was time for some reinforcements. So I reached out to his grandmother and I figured uh, I'd set up a movie date with his grandma and give him some time to get outside into the world and spend some time with family. And I thought that that would be a great experience for him. And I came into the office and I had just logged into my computer and I was like, you know what? It's okay. I gave an hour. We have so much more time to go. It's okay. That's what I kept telling myself. Two minutes later, he comes into the office with a blanket and collapses on the floor and has a complete breakdown about going to the movies with his grandma, explaining to me how difficult it is for him to do things without us and how hypocritical I am to force him to go somewhere when he would never force me to go somewhere, nor does he have the power to do that. I have a rebellious child. I know it. But I can, that rebellionness has to bring alignment into reality. And I was trying to do that. And again, he needed me to listen. And so I did. And I attuned to his feelings until it was time for me to assert the choice that I had made and why it was the right choice. And while he may not understand it or accept it, that going to the movie with grandma was going to be good for his soul. And for my soul. And I know he needed to feel some autonomy in the decision. And so I gave him some decisions to explore on what kind of snacks he chose, what blankets he took, which color car seat he wanted to take, and reminded him why practicing healthy space is a sign of emotional matureness. Something that he values highly because he knows we talk about options and doing things come hand in hand with having emotional matureness and how this experience of him choosing to lean into the discomfort to do something that's going to be fun with people he loves will gain him that option to grow in his emotional matureness. And he gets that and he values that. And so before you knew it, my little one was all sunshine and rainbows again. And he blossomed and he was smiling. And the most magical part about this that didn't feel so magical in the moment was the fact that he knew at the end of the day, he was going to be okay. And he knew that he was capable and that his mom had his back. He knew that he had a place to completely unravel and to be okay, to be heard, to be listened to, to be attuned. And that is going to sit with him for a lifetime. And that is what is going to break the cycle. And that is what is going to create another generation who raise their children in alignment with the foundation of constructive strategies and parenting and attunement. What is required of me to create a consciously attuned man that is going to make a difference in this world by just being attuned with himself. And so as my little one left to the movies with grandma, it was my turn. I tantrum. Let me tell y'all, I was not regulated in the moment and I felt like I wanted to scream. I wanted to scream about the unfairness that I felt it is to have kids in this world and being a working parent. That if only I had planned this weekend better, if only I had saved more, if only I had invested sooner, if only I never quit, if only I started a different business venture, if only, if only, if only I had my kids when I was at a different stage in life. Everything crept in. 
everything that made me feel like I had some control by blaming something else while it wasn't going to help me get anywhere, I did it. And then don't get me started on the realizations that I have that I'm competing against those who don't have children sometimes or who are in a better position or who are in a different stage of life and the advantages that that provides them to outcompete me in business and my brain wanted to justify a reason for why it's okay for me to just go into this tunnel of uber work. And then the anger kicked in, the anger that I'm not enjoying them, and that it feels like this time is being stolen from right under me. Because as someone who is breaking the cycle, I'm constantly flying the plane while I'm building it. And I wanted nothing more than to check out and distract myself from the realities. But what would that do to serve us? And so what I had to do instead is I had to do what I have done in breaking the cycle of overcoming adversity. I had to come to the realization that what is required of me today is not going to change. That is a reality. And in order for me to get through it, what is going to help me today? What do I need? Do I need a cup of coffee? Do I need to go sit outside for a second? How do I not only regulate myself, but also give myself little bits of encouragement. Starbucks can do that for anyone. I'm just saying. I didn't have the perspective that I have right now for you in the moment because in the moment I was too consumed in blaming all of my circumstances, having wished that they would have been different. Eventually I came out of it, but the cost is heavy. However, I am proud to say that the impact that my second child is feeling is different than the impact that my first felt. And while I wish I could have given everything to my firstborn that I've given to my second, I know that I gave my firstborn the best that I could. And I know that with each passing experience, I use it as a training ground to test the story that I'm creating, to better understand how I emotionally regulate, to better understand where I need to fill in the gaps from understanding what strategies are the healthy, constructive ones. What would a consciously, securely attached, attuned parent do in this scenario is the measure of success that I have, the gauge of understanding where I need to go. We're alive now and everything is much better. We're getting back into our ebb and flow, but this is the reality of breaking the cycle. And it's important for me to share the complexities of what this adventure looks like. But this is an adventure that I'm going to be on my entire life. And no matter how much I learn and how attuned I am with these things, I know there's another one of these waiting for me. But I know when I get there, I'm going to be better equipped to navigate the complexities of what it requires, to be able to repair and attune these situations, these experiences, to bring into perspective what matters most to me. And each time we heal a little bit better. So for those of you who are out there forging new paths and breaking the cycle, you have one of the most courageous adventures of your life ahead of you. It's okay to consciously tantrum. I encourage you to do it because what if all of this works out better than you expected? To our listeners, the ball is in your court. I challenge you to take action, continue the conversations that go beyond the surface level and reach out to us to share your adventure. You are listening to Flipping the Script, Leadership Beyond the Title. We'll see you on our next episode. If you found even the smallest nugget of wisdom in this episode, share it with a friend and your friend will thank you. 